The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with host Kristen Harper. She's here to give you those extra tips that you don't always get from other health and wellness programs. Kristen has all the bases covered and just a bit more. Now, here is your host, Kristen Harper. Good afternoon, listeners. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host for Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated. Today's episode is about avoiding plastic to keep your family healthy. And my special guest is Jay Sinha. We will be discussing the adverse health effects of plastic, the problems with BPA in plastic and how it affects our health. We will talk about Jay's journey to eliminate plastic baby bottles while at the same time, uh, the Canadian government moved to ban BPA and much more. And I, I wanted to say, because I'm going to college for my third degree, and in my chemistry class, which this book is by Karen Timberlake, a general organic biological uh, chemistry and organic chemistry. And it says here that BPA is used to make polycarbonate, a clear plastic that is used to manufacture beverage bottles, including baby bottles. Uh, Washing uh, polycarbonate um, bottles with certain detergents or at high temperatures disrupts the polymer, causing small amounts of BPA to leach from the bottles. Because BPA is an estrogen mimic, there are concerns about the harmful effects from low levels of BPA and then in 2008, Canada banned the use of these uh, polycarbonate baby bottles, which are now labeled BPA-free. And I just wanted to mention, if you are interested in being a sponsor of my show, please reach out to me via email at Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, at KristenHarperSpeaks.com. You will get a lot of exposure to your business because my show is on two networks, Voice America on the Health and Wellness Channel, which is worldwide, and also on KFNX in Phoenix, Arizona. And my show on KFNX is on Sundays from 8 to 9 Mountain Standard Time. And then with Voice America, it's every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Also, if you would like to check out my two websites, perfecthealthconsultingservices.com. You can check out my hair analysis and coaching packages there. And hair analysis is a great way to know what your mineral system uh, is. And uh, hair analysis tests for nutritive minerals as well as toxic metals. And the program, the Increase Your Vitality program, is all about balancing body chemistry and increasing the body's energy and addressing underlying imbalances. I also just wanted to give a quick update here before I bring in my special guest. I have been invited uh, to go to the wellness show to speak in Vancouver, February 17th. I'll be talking on stress management, top ways to reduce stress. Also, this will be on March 1st, uh, Rutgers University in New Jersey, I will be, this is an eating disorder symposium, awareness symposium. I will be speaking on binge eating. And then I also was invited to go to and speak at the Polcon International Conference in Orlando. That's May 31st. And basically, I'll be speaking on staying healthy while traveling. Jay Sinha is the co-founder with Chantel Pomondon of Life Without Plastic, an online shop and information resource for safe, high-quality, ethically sourced, and earth-friendly alternatives to plastic products for everyday life. 
Jay and Chantel are the authors of Life Without Plastic, the practical step-by-step guide to avoiding plastic to keep your family and the planet healthy. Jay is an ecopreneur, scientist, and lawyer who hails proudly from the windy prairies of Winnipeg, Canada, where the sun shines bright and the sky is huge. He has always been captivated by nature and his environmental protection instincts really kicked into gear when doing a grade six project on acid rain. Now he sees chilling parallels between yesterday's acid rain and today's borderless smog of toxic microplastics. An honors degree in biochemistry from the University of Western Ontario taught him about the microscopic world within and all around us. He spent a year living and traveling in Europe and in India, exploring his uh, Bengali roots, all the while absorbing firsthand how we are one people, regardless of whether we're from uh, Grenoble or uh, Calcutta or Winnipeg. Uh, continuing his international and eco-oriented life focus, he completed civil and common law degrees at McGill University in Montreal, followed by a dip back into science with a graduate diploma in ecotoxicology from Concordia University all the better to understand the toxic effects of plastics. He is a writer at heart who hopes his words will help people and contribute to making the world a better place. It is an honor to have Jay here with me today. Welcome to my show. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for that introduction. Oh, no problem. And you are in uh, Canada presently doing That's this correct. interview. I am. Yep, in uh, Wakefield, Quebec, Canada, which is just just north of Ottawa. It's a small town in the country. Got it. And I bet it's beautiful there. It's gorgeous, and uh, there's a lot of snow around, too. Yeah, it's beautiful, though. It's, it's a really picturesque town on a river system known as the Gatineau River near the Ottawa River watershed. It's, it's beautiful, yeah, rolling hills. Yeah, it sounds uh, amazing, and I also like I love the outdoors as well. So mm-hmm. maybe we could maybe we could start off, and if you could uh, tell my listeners more about you, and then also why you have such an interest in plastic. Okay, sure. Well, um, so my partner Chantal and I um, have been interested. Uh, um, we have been interested in plastics for a while now, and our our backgrounds kind of led us to this. Um, as you mentioned in the intro, I have a background in science and in law, and Chantal also has a background in law and more in business. And um, she had always wanted to start a business, and I had always wanted to do a fair bit of writing and use my science background um, in a way that could really help. And um, so it really began with us back in, I guess, 2002, 2003. Um, when we were going to be having a child and we were, um, well, Chantal came across an article about plastics and in particular the chemicals that leach out of, to- out of plastics in a magazine called Mothering. The magazine is, is no longer in existence, but it's now a website which is very active and a great resource for all kinds of things. But in that article, Chantal uh, read about how certain plastics do leach certain chemicals, and these chemicals can have an effect on the human body, quite an adverse effect. And then it was, at that point, there wasn't a lot of research out there. Now it's, it's a completely different story, and we'll get into that. But so that kind of um, lit a bulb in our heads, seeing that article. And uh, we began, to, since we were going to be having a child, our, our son, we began looking for alternatives for glass baby bottles. Chantal was... Um, breastfeeding, but we did need to at times store milk. And so <clears throat> all the bottles we saw in the market were all plastic. And uh, we had great difficulty finding anything that was non-plastic. Although if you go back in time, not very far, like say 
to the 70s, um, glass bottles were quite the, the 70s and, and back further, the glass baby bottles were the norm. Um, but in the 90s, 2000s, they had pretty much disappeared. But Chantal did some research, and she came across a company in the States, in Ohio, called Evenflow, that was still making glass baby bottles. And so she contacted them and asked about ordering a few for her own use. And they said, well, no problem, you can order some, but the minimum order is a 1000 because they only did uh, wholesale. They weren't uh, selling to individual customers. So that kind of got us thinking. Uh, Chantal, as I mentioned, had always wanted to start her own business. And um, <clears throat> we this idea of possibly providing alternatives to plastic products was one that began to take hold. And that's really what led to, to the beginnings of the business and our, our deep, deep dive into the world of plastics and plastic alternatives. So it began with those glass baby bottles. And then we also, um, again, began the company with stainless steel water bottles, which again, at the time, not, not that long ago, only 15 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, were, um, well, were even 10 years ago, were very hard to find. Now you see them everywhere. But at the time, there was a company, at the time it wasn't really a company, it was more of a co-op called Clean Canteen. Now it's a, it's a large company. They were making stainless steel bottles back then, one of the first ones to do so. And so we contacted them and asked about ordering one and got a couple, ordered them online and uh, tried them out and loved them. And so those became our first products, the glass baby bottles and the stainless steel water bottles and as well a few stainless steel food containers. And from there, we just began getting more and more as our, when our son was born, we began getting more and more into the issue. And the way we looked at it, we wanted to try and avoid plastics touching our food and drink as much as possible. And in particular, our son's food and drink, uh, especially as he was young at that developmental stage when so many changes are occurring and um, body systems are developing and hormones are coursing through the body. And so that's, that's why it was very important to us at that point. Um, so that's more or less how we got into the issue and, and began. Yes, I just want to say I'm really impressed because you guys have been a been at this for quite a long time. <laughs> yeah, we have. So, so um, it's it's very impressive. Okay, Thank so um, basically, what I want you to discuss is what are I? Can you explain what items are made of plastic besides, let's say, you know, uh, baby bottles? You have uh, water bottles. If you could uh, discuss more items that contain plastic, and then also, what does plastic do to our health? What okay. are the adverse effects? Okay. Well, um, in terms of what's made of plastic, a lot. <laughs> One of the things we suggest doing is, um, if you're getting into this issue, not to let it overwhelm you, but to sort of stop and take a look around you in your home and in your life and just notice how much plastic there is around you. We call it doing sort of a personal plastic audit. So you look around your home, you walk around and you just take a look at what is plastic and you'll see that there is a lot. There, there's obviously the hardware, things like computers and phones and light fixtures. Um, and then you get into more everyday life. There are you know, toothbrushes, there are um, dishwashing brushes, there are food containers, there are um, dental floss, food storage containers, plastic wraps for foods, um, bags, all kinds of bags, bags for holding food, bags for um, carrying groceries, um, it, it turns up pretty much all around you. And um, obviously, there are all different types of plastics. Some, some are more durable than others, and some are very, very much less durable and are essentially what we call single-use disposable plastics, really intended for one use and um, then intended to be discarded, whether that means recycled or essentially discarded into the, into the trash. And... At, uh, in terms of getting into sort of the health aspects, we focus a lot on 
plastics touching food and drink and how they can affect your health. Although at this point, in terms of a global issue, it's going beyond that. Now, I'll get to that in a bit, how plastics in general are becoming a, a global health issue and certainly a global environmental issue at, at many levels. But to step back a bit, in terms of food and drink, which is where we tend to focus, um, there are certain plastics that are very common in everyday life, which do leach certain chemicals. To give you a couple of examples, um, we began talking about BPA, or which is known as bisphenol A. And it's used, as you mentioned in your intro, to make a plastic called polycarbonate, as well as epo the epo epoxy resins. And in particular, for example, resins that coat metal cans are made generally with BPA, unless it's marked otherwise, which is um, sometimes the case on, for example, some organic products. It may see a non-BPA, have a little sign that says, little logo that says non-BPA lining, something like that. But most cans are lined with BPA, bisphenol A. The problem with BPA is, again, as you mentioned in your intro, it is a endocrine or hormone disruptor, which in particular, this, this chemical mimics the hormone estrogen and does cause some adverse effects in the body. Um, and just to give you sort of an idea of the extent of our exposure to BPA, um, in the U.S., like there, there are a number of studies out there. Now, there are literally hundreds, even thousands of study now, studies now on bisphenol A that have come about in the last um, 10, 15 years as the, the whole controversy about it has really taken off. But um, several government studies have detected BPA in, in large portions of the population. For example, in the U.S., it's estimated that about 93% of the population aged 6 and older have BPA in their, in their blood system. And we're most exposed to it through our diet. So it leaches out of polycarbonate products, such as food containers, or another common one is those large water jugs, the sort of bluish colored ones that are often in office coolers. Um, and again, the, the linings of cans. Um, pretty much any canned food you can imagine, from crushed tomatoes to corn. And then again, some aluminum cans are also lined with, with BPA, so beer, ginger ale. And the leaching, it also increases when there's contact with acidic or oily foods and at higher temperatures. <clears throat> Another really common exposure route for BPA is it's, it's present in very high quantities as a print developer on thermal paper cash receipts. You know, the very thin paper receipts you receive at the store. The ink contains BPA and it comes off on your fingers quite easily and it's, it's absorbed enough into your skin that it can't be washed off necessarily. And another sort of side fact there is there are a lot of hand sanitizers and other skin care products out there that um, contain penetration enhancing chemicals. They, the idea is that, for example, you have a skin lotion that you want it to go into your skin. So there are certain chemicals in them to make it go into your skin faster. So when you touch a thermal receipt that has BPA in it and you say have some of that cream on it, the um, absorption into your skin is even higher, and some some studies have shown even a hundred times higher. Um, a um, there's one study that uh, found that when men and women held a thermal paper receipt immediately after using a hand sanitizer, sanitizer with these chemicals, the BP, BPA was transferred into their hands and then to French fries that they ate. And this combo of going like, through the skin and through the mouth led to a really rapid increase in the BPA level in both their blood and urine. So it's going straight into the body. And human, uh, sorry, adults are able to flush it out of their bodies relatively quickly within a few days or so. Or, but with children, it's less, it's less easy to get out of the body. It takes more time, smaller body systems, and um, again, hormones running through the body. So... A lot of um, the scientific literature now is indicating that BPA can be harmful to humans at levels found in the average person and even well below those which are considered safe by government regulatory bodies. So some of the strongest associations researchers have made are between early life BPA exposure and altered behavior, including things like disrupted brain development in children, um, increased probability of what's known as childhood wheeze, as well as asthma. 
Um, and BPA is considered a reproductive toxin because it um, impacts the female rep- impacts female reproduction, and it has the potential to affect male reproductive systems as well. Both both in humans and animals, studies have shown. So there's a really now voluminous scientific body of literature which associates BPA with health problems ranging from um, obesity, infertility, insulin inhibition, hyperactivity, learning disabilities, as well as possible increased risk of cancers, including breast and prostate cancer, heart disease, and type 2 diabetes. So that's, that's one example. And what I'd like to do, um, Jay, is we need to go to a short break. Sure. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host for tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated on Voice America's health and wellness channel. Please stay tuned, and we'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Kristen Harper is a health and wellness expert, founder of Perfect Health Consulting Services, and speaker. She inspires people all over the world to keep healthy, happy, and motivated. Get a virtual health coaching or hair mineral analysis package at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com to help you get healthy and stay healthy. Also, go to kristenharperspeaks.com to hire Kristen Harper, a health and wellness speaker, for one of your events. Be sure to visit both of Kristen's websites, perfecthealthconsultingservices.com and k-r-i-s-t-e-n harperspeaks.com. Now is the time to take your health to the next level and become the best version of yourself. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with Kristen Harper. If you would like to connect with her, reach out via email to Kristen at kristenharperspeaks.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N at kristenharperspeaks.com. Now, back to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated. Hi, listeners. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host for tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated. Today's episode is all about avoiding plastic to keep your family healthy. And my special guest is Jay Sinha. And before the break, he was discussing the problems with plastic and how plastic can affect our health. So, Jay, is there anything else you want to discuss about um adverse health effects but before we move on to some other topics here? Um, well, just, uh, I, I guess, um, just to get across really the idea that um, when you're using plastic containers for food, 
There is, and especially when it's single-use disposable items that you can get, for example, for takeout, you can be pretty guaranteed that there's going to be some leaching of chemicals into your food, especially when it is hot food or when it is oily food um, or acidic food like uh, tomato sauces, lemon juices. You can be pretty clear you're going to be getting some serious chemical leaching. So that's, I I think, a very key point to get across. Um, it, It is happening. Okay. So since you are located in Canada and you know the history Mm -hmm. behind this, if you could let my listeners know the process of uh, the Canadian government and and their their move to ban BPA. Sure. Yeah. So so that takes us back to 2007 around the way it kind of took off in Canada. There's an environmental group, um, a very well-known one, a large one called Environmental Defense Canada, which was compiling the growing scientific research about problems associated with bisphenol A, BPA, and they were continually calling for a ban on BPA in consumer products. And even before the ban occurred, some Canadian retailers began pulling polycarbonate water and baby bottles from their shelves, their retailers. Um, some of your listeners may know of Lululemon or um, another one was there's a large sports equipment retailer called Mountain Equipment Co-op. They be- both began pulling these bottles from their shelves um, based on the work that had been done by this environmental group, Environmental Defense. And so at that time, we were you know, beginning to get a lot of calls and, from customers and uh, the media about doing interviews related to BPA and plastics. And um, what was going on in Canada was Canada was then becoming the first country in the world to actually impose a ban on BPA as the government was um, beginning to look at it very closely. So in 2008, the federal government did impose a ban, which it was restricted just to baby bottles and to the lining of containers of infant formula. Um, and banned the use of BPA in those those products. But it really paved the way for other similar bans around the world, including in, in the U.S. and Europe. And I expect there will be broader, more precautionary bans coming in the future, um, partly because restricting the ban just to baby bottles, um, it, it, it ignores the fact that BPA is in a multitude of other products that surround us in our food daily. And as, I've, as I mentioned earlier, the number of studies documenting health issues related to BPA and other chemicals coming out of plastics just continues to grow. And just to take that one step further, um, BPA is, is not only in these products, but it's, it's becoming clear that it's, it's in the environment, um, in the air, in the water, it's um, been measured in, um, through air analysis studies in all of the major cities in the world. So it's, it's something that's out there and, um, you know, is, is being addressed and will probably be addressed increasingly by governments as we move forward. And do you know by any chance the uh, history of the United States and what items they actually um, ban that contain the BPA? Just well, curious again, I, if think, you know. I, I believe it's restricted to baby bottles. Okay, okay. Yeah, in the same way. That's, and similarly in, in Europe as well, I believe. Um, I'd have to look closely. I haven't looked at them recently, but um, very specifically uh, focused on children's products, in particular baby bottles, because the research is showing how, since BPA is a hormone disruptor, the effect can be very, very acute for, for children and babies. Yes, absolutely. So we all know that health and the environment has a direct correlation. And uh, so it's important that we're taking care of our health, but we also need to take care of our environment because if we don't take care of our environment, then that can Mm -hmm. affect our our health. So I wanted to find out from you, Mm -hmm. what what are the problems with plastic when it comes to the environment? Sure. Well, that's, you know, a huge question. And I mean, your listeners have probably seen more and more images around in the media from around the world, in particular related to the to the oceans of plastic and huge amounts of plastic in the oceans and waterways. And it's a reality. Um, there is a um, we, there, there are scientists who describe what we've call, what we're seeing as a new geological epoch, and they call it the Anthropocene era. So it's that means the, the word Anthropocene is characterized by 
pollution that um, from human activities, altering the Earth's geology as, as never before. And what they're finding is that a key marker of this whole geological shift is a growing sedimentary layer of plastic developing both on land and in water environments all over the world, from the, the, the top of Everest down to the depths of the oceans. Um, there's, uh, for example, some scientists were studying, take it one step further, geology in Hawaii. There's a particular beach called Camilo Beach, and they found that there was a new stone that was being that we're finding there. And it, this fo stone was actually formed through the intermingling of melted plastic, beach sediment, sediment, lava fragments, and organic debris. And so they've called this new stone plastic lomerate. Um, and so that's, you know, on land, it's very clear. In the water, it's very clear. Um, in the air, as I, I mentioned a little earlier, um, it's being measured all over the world in both urban, well, urban, rural, marine, and polar settings, even the Antarctica. Um, Levels seem to be highest in South Asia, where there's a lot of open burning of plastics happening still. And in the oceans, that's where it's most vivid and disturbing. Um, it uh, kind of came onto the radar for the first time back in 2001, when a really an intrepid, amazing person who is a friend of ours and a huge inspiration, Captain Charles Moore of an organization called the Algorit Algalita Marine Research and Education in Long Beach, California, he... Um, discovered a swirling soup of plastic debris in the North Pacific Ocean. And so the media picked up on this and began calling it uh, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. And it's been sensationalized as being sort of the twice the size of Texas. Um, the, the thing is, it's not one patch. That's, that's the interesting part. It is a, like a smog of plastic. There, there are definitely huge amounts of debris, giant islands of... Uh, things like bags, bottles, fishing nets. Um, but overall, in the oceans, and this is not just in the Pacific Ocean, this is now all over the world. There's another organization called the Five Gyres Institute, which is doing oceanic testing as well in all of the gyres of the world so far, and in every single trawl, which is um, the way they test for plastics, they have found plastics. And so it's essentially a smog, tiny, tiny little pieces of plastic, because as the plastics go into the ocean... Um, they break down over time, both through action from the seawater, photodegradation, like from light, the sunlight, from wildlife eating them or uh, moving them around, and they become smaller and smaller pieces of plastic. So there's this, this smog, I, I keep calling it, of very tiny pieces of plastic. So that leads to another huge issue, which is this plastic is getting into our food system and throughout the ecosystem and food chain, because it's being eaten by wildlife. Um, whales, dolphins, fish, seabirds, it's estimated by 2050, 99% of all seabirds will have plastics in their bodies. And um, what happens is it goes into these different animals and, um, or wildlife, and it breaks down within them, and it gets absorbed into their, generally their fat tissue especially. Um, just stepping one back, Back one step first, the plastics, before they even go into um, an animal, they have probably absorbed other toxins that are in the water, things like PCBs or pesticides or heavy metals. So they go in already as a bit of a toxic soup, and then these toxins are released into the fat tissue of the animal, and they may be eaten by other animals, and goes up the food chain to humans as well. Much as the, the, the fish that we eat um, is likely contaminated to some extent with, with chemicals that may be coming from plastics. And now to go in the other direction, um, down to the tiniest organisms, at the base of the food chain throughout the world is an organism called plankton in the oceans, tiny microorganisms that um, are very, very tiny, like millimeters. And they um, are, where scientists are finding that they actually are preferentially eating plastic microparticles over their normal food source, which is very disturbing because plankton are a core source of oxygen for the whole world. They produce approximately 50% of the oxygen for the world. There's um, a very well-known researcher and uh, broad um, um, scientist, Dr. Sylvia Earle, who uh, does a lot of work for the National Geographic. I believe she's National Geographic um, scientist in residence. And she has said, as an estimate, about 
um, I think it's one in every five breaths we take, as, as, a, as an abbreviation, um, comes from oxygen made by plankton. So with that in mind, plankton eating preferentially plastic, which is likely killing some of them, if the plankton go, that means a lot of our oxygen goes. And then you've got to ask the next obvious question is how is that going to affect the rest of the world and the rest of the living beings on the, on the earth who rely on oxygen to stay alive? Yes, uh, so it's important that we avoid um, plastic to keep families healthy, but it's also important to take care of our environment as well, because if we don't take care of our environment, it will affect our health. And so now we have to go to another short break. This is uh, Kristen Harper, radio show host for tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated on Voice America's health and wellness channel and also on uh, KFNX. Please stay tuned and we'll be right back. making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Kristen Harper is a health and wellness expert, founder of Perfect Health Consulting Services, and speaker. She inspires people all over the world to keep healthy, happy, and motivated. Get a virtual health coaching or hair mineral analysis package at perfecthealthconsultingservices.com to help you get healthy and stay healthy. Also, go to kristenharperspeaks.com to hire Kristen Harper, a health and wellness speaker, for one of your events. Be sure to visit both of Kristen's websites, perfecthealthconsultingservices.com and k-r-i-s-t-e-n harperspeaks.com. Now is the time to take your health to the next level and become the best version of yourself. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated with Kristen Harper. If you would like to connect with her, reach out via email to Kristen at kristenharperspeaks.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N at kristenharperspeaks.com. Now, back to Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated. Hi, listeners. This is Kristen Harper, radio show host for Tips to Keep You Healthy, Happy, and Motivated. This episode is about avoiding plastic to keep your family healthy. My special guest is Jay Sinha. And what I'd like to know, because I get this all the time, I get feedback from my listeners, and especially here in the United States, and I do believe in spring water and So most spring water is in plastic water bottles. So I wanted to find out from you, like, what advice could you give my listeners of what they can do instead of purchasing spring water in plastic bottles? Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, as I mentioned, the the large blue bottles are generally made out of bisphenol A, so not ideal. One thing you can do if that's the only option in your area is to, you know, continue to buy it that way because it is good water, but then immediately move it, like move it out into another container um, as soon as you get it home. Like it could be into a number of different glass jugs or you could get a, 
a stainless steel dispenser or it's very easy to find large glass bottles that are actually about the same size as those bottles that you um, buy the water in, like the three and five gallon ones. You can find large glass ones if you go to winemaking shops because um, they, they're used for making wine and for making beer, those sorts of things. You can buy them there and then you can use those for storage in your own home. Um, another option is to get some sort of filtration filtration system. Uh, reverse osmosis is a possibility. Um, one that, that we've found that, that works quite well for us because it's, it's easily portable is small pieces of what are called binkotan charcoal, which is a charcoal that actually comes from Japan, but it filters water naturally. You actually put a piece of this charcoal in the container uh, the water container, and it'll filter it naturally over time, um, relatively quickly, in fact. Um, those are a few, okay. yeah. few ideas. And um, I, I wanted to say, too, I have to do more research, but also there's, and I wanted to find out if there was any brands, like at grocery stores, when you go to purchase spring water, if there's any brands right. that carry the glass bottles. But I do know that yeah. there's some uh, delivery services that do right. have the glass bottles, and they'll, yeah. they'll deliver the spring water. And there's also findaspring.com. And everyone, I just wanted to mention, I always tell my guests that come on, but we all have uh, different health approaches, which is fine. And um, my approach is more about spring water just based on my background. But I that's right. my approach is spring. Instead of the reverse osmosis, and the only reason I say that is mm-hmm. uh, reverse osmosis is, can be depleted of minerals and, and other um, absolutely uh, other issues. So I usually, I usually uh, preach the... Um, the spring water, but I also wanted, but everyone has their own health, health approach or their view on, um, on, um, health. So, um, I, no, thanks for, so much the, for bringing that up. Just, just one quick point. I know, um, mountain Valley spring water does, um, produce them in, in actually large gallon glass containers. So that's one possibility, but I totally yes. agree with the spring water in our community. We have a spring and that's how we get our water as well. Our own, through our own well, totally agree. Yes. And so, and I, the mountain, which you just brought up that spring water, I just found that recently. So I'm glad you brought that up. And so basically there's a lot of information out there and I just tell my listeners, whatever recommendations come up on my show, just make sure you do your research because there's materials that have toxins. And so you, it's, it's up to you. You always do your research. And so Mm. What I, what I wanted to bring up is that Dr. McCullough, who's a health authority out there, he usually recommends the glass. But I, I wanted to talk about like the charcoal you brought up and other recommendations. Always do your research. But I I have to say I'm really impressed with Jay, and I, I plan to buy his book. I mean they they've been doing this for a very long time and have done their research. And so Dr. McCullough believes in the the glass. And there's also findaspring.com, which is an option. But, um, you know, you brought up the stainless steel, and I always tell people to do your research, but I wanted to Mm. find out from you if you know anything about the stainless steel because I I have in Mm -hmm. the past read some articles that uh, possibly uh, stainless steel may have some toxins. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, stainless steel, um, it's, um, it's, it's certainly one that we do recommend and we use a lot ourselves. Um, you want to be aware about it, and as you say, exactly, do your research. And we outline a lot of all of this, what I'm going to tell you, on our, our website as well. So things to understand with stainless steel, there are various qualities of stainless steel. Um, often you'll see stainless steel referred to as 188 or 1810. And what that is referring to is the percentage of chromium and nickel in the stainless steel. So stainless steel is essentially iron and then chromium and then nickel. And the chromium, iron is the base metal, and then the chromium and the nickel basically give it its stainless quality. And what that means is essentially prevents it from rusting and gives it extra shine, and extra durability, extra long life. And um, so things to keep in mind, though, certain percentage of the population from what I can tell, probably about 10% of the population are actually allergic to um, stainless steel or in particular allergic to nickel. And so if you suspect you may have an allergy, we would 
suggest not using stainless steel at all. And one way you might notice this is if you sense a strong metallic taste when you do use a stainless steel container. And that could be whether it's a bottle or a stainless steel cookware, if you're noticing a metallic taste or a numbness on your tongue, that could be an indication that you have this allergy and might be an idea to stop using stainless steel. Another thing to keep in mind with stainless steel is that um, much of the stainless steel out there is not virgin stainless steel. It is coming from, well, probably pretty much all of it is coming from um, a mix of virgin and recycled stainless steel. And in that recycled portion, there could be impurities. There could be heavy metals, such as, um, for example, lead or cadmium. You don't know necessarily. And that is why we think it's very important to have a decent idea of where your stainless steel is coming from, the products you're using. And this is why, for example, um, Clean Canteen, we, um, are, we, we carry their products and uh, believe in that company because we know that they do regular testing of their stainless steel in batches and they control their own facility in China where the bottles are made. So they have a very tight control on the quality in the bottles and they know if there are impurities. That's not the case with a lot of the stainless steel you're going to find in, for example, the dollar store, um, which may be a much cheaper type of stainless steel. It may be stainless steel, which is, for example, 18-0, so it has no nickel in it, so it may rust easily, but it also could be much cheaper and just have impurities in it as well. You just don't know. You, you really don't know with most stainless steel, which is why you want to go with a brand that you trust, and that's a, a core element of what our business is founded on, trying to follow the chain of production to get an idea of where the products are actually coming, coming from through their life cycle. That's why we say ethically sourced. We, we know our suppliers. We've been working with them for years. And, you know, Clean Canteen is one example. Um, right. So that's, I guess, more or less what I'd have to say about stainless steel at this point. Okay. Okay. And I just wanted to mention to you, um, I know with the nickel, and well, I'm just saying if someone has toxicity, like too much of it, there's issues mm-hmm. like with kidneys and, and um, heart attack and stuff. So I just tell people to do your research, but... I also recommend getting uh, Jay's book because he's done the research. They've been doing this for a long time. And how do they go about purchasing your book? Um, it's available basically anywhere books are sold. At this point, it launched just last Tuesday, so it's just hot off the press. But, you know, um, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Amazon, pretty much anywhere you want to buy a book, it's now available online. And hopefully in the big stores sooner rather than later, it's, it's coming. Um, you can obviously buy it through, our, our, through us as well, through our website, lifewithoutplastic.com. But um, it's, it's, it's out there. Okay, and what is your book called again? The book is called Life Without Plastic, and the subtitle is The Practical Step-by-Step Guide to Avoiding Plastic to Keep Your Family and the Planet Healthy. And it's, it's by Chantal Plamondon, my partner, and I. Awesome. I appreciate all the work that you guys have done. And so I guess what I'd like to wrap up with real quick, we just have a few minutes left here, but if you could talk about how people can avoid plastic, what steps can they take? Sure. And so that's, that is a key theme of the whole book. The whole idea is there are so many ways that anybody can take individual action in your everyday life to try and minimize, reduce your exposure to plastics. Um, because we really believe that to solve the problems related to plastics, both health and environmental, there has to be a reduction of plastic use at the source. And that means us. So a few really easy things you can do are, for example, um, bring your own water bottle with you wherever you go. Um, there should be really no need to be using plastic water bottles, um, certainly not the single-use disposable ones. Um, that's very easy. Along with your bottle, you could also bring your own cup. Um, metal and glass coffee cups are very common now and very easy to carry. Take one with you when you're going to the coffee shop and just get it filled up there. That's very common now. Another one is cutlery. Um, well, there are stainless steel sporks out there. You can get wooden cutlery, bamboo cutlery. Um, these things are now easy to find. And again, you, you could put together a little kit that you carry with you in your purse or put in your glove compartment or your backpack and just have with you at all times. Another one is to carry a, a food container 
um, with you. So if you're going for takeout, you don't need to take a styrofoam container. Styrofoam is one of the worst, not only because it's a very unstable plastic, it's called uh, polystyrene. It, it leaches heavily when there's hot, oily foods, which is often what it's used for. Um, and it's hardly recyclable at all. So it's going straight into a landfill. It's one of the worst. Um, another one is straws. If you don't need a straw, just refuse it. Um, and you don't necessarily need to take a straw at all because you can have a glass or a stainless steel or a bamboo one that you have in your little plastic-free kit you carry with you. Um, but if you're in a restaurant or in a bar, tell the server right away if, that you don't want one, you don't need one, because very often, think about it, how often do you receive a drink with a straw in it and you take it out, maybe stir around the ice cubes, take it out and put it on the table and don't even use it? Um, that's pure plastic waste because it's very likely it's going straight into a landfill and not being recycled at all. Um, another one is bags, a very easy one. Um, bring your own bags when you go food shopping, grocery bags. Um, similarly, you can find mesh cotton bags for, for produce, for fruit and vegetables, things like that. Very easy. And, and these sorts of things, you know, they may take um, a, a tiny bit of effort, but reduce your plastic use by maybe 80%. It's kind of an 80-20 thing. It, it can have a huge impact through very little effort and small habit changes. Well, thank you so much for being here today. You provided some valuable information, and I appreciate all the work that you and Chantel have done. And so if you could just let my listeners, we have about a minute left, if you could just mm. let my listeners know how they can reach you. Sure. Well, thank you, Kristen. Thank you for the work that you're doing. This is a fabulous show. Really appreciate being here. So our website is called lifewithoutplastic.com, and we, uh, the site is in the process of being redone, so it'll be a new look very soon, but uh, there's tons of information on there about plastics, plastic alternatives, and, and we offer all kinds of products for everyday life relating to living without plastics, things that we've tried to focus on, things that are hard to find in a non-plastic form. So our website is a big one. Um, we're very active on social media, in particular Instagram and Facebook. Um, you can always reach us there. Um, and our blog as well. We do a regular blog and a, a regular newsletter as well. If you're interested in hearing tips about plastic, hearing about new products, hearing about the latest research on plastics and events on related to living plastic-free around the world and zero-waste lifestyles, feel free to subscribe to our newsletter, which goes out every two weeks. Um, so those are a few options right there. Well, uh, thank, thank you. you so thank you so much, and I wish uh, my best to you and Chantel. And thank listeners, you. this is Kristen Harper, radio show host for tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel, and also on KFNX. And it's just really important that we avoid plastic, so we can keep healthy, and also take care of our environment, and just you know, making sure we eat very healthy and eat organic so we stay away from herbicides and other toxins and, and uh, drink spring water and uh, avoid soda pop and uh, coffee and fruit juices and, and fruit and eat our organic vegetables, our cooked vegetables, and just live a very clean lifestyle. And I wish all of you a wonderful week and wishing you many blessings for this holiday season. Take care. Thank you for being a part of the show this week. Tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper, can be heard live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Kristen can't wait to speak again next week.